Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Steam Forward Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Savannah, and today our guest is Cameron Cooper. Cameron is a longtime friend of Pastor Linda and Pastor David. He has his master's in architecture. He is an artist as well as a designer. Please help me welcome Cameron Cooper. Thank you. How you doing? Good, good. I'm really happy to be here. Good. Um, So you're down in Miami, but you don't live here. How are you enjoying the heat? Um, It's hot. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's one thing you grow up in the heat mm-hmm. and you go somewhere else where now I currently live in North Carolina. So mm-hmm. I actually get to experience seasons. Right. Um, and so you come back here and it's like, okay, yeah, it's real right. deal heat. Yeah. Because you grew up here, right? Yeah. Born and raised in the mm-hmm. county of Dade. Yeah. So, but it's still different and still too hot for you when you come. Yeah. It's just like, I'm like driving through the city and mm-hmm. I see a whole bunch of buildings that, like, being built that I didn't grow up with. Absolutely, yeah. Wait, I remember on that corner there was like nothing there. Mm-hmm. Bacon lot, and now you see like apartment complex or other shopping centers. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting coming back to a city that you knew, mm-hmm. but you realize that you don't know anymore. Right. So, it is very different yeah. for sure. Um, so Pastor Linda, how she describes you is you are the definition of STEAM, right? Science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. And she says that you have gotten your degree in architecture, but you also do like graphic design as well. You know a lot about AI. So how did you even get into architecture? Yeah, that's a really... Well, I've first never, all, I want to say, first of all, I've never met anybody that actually like does architecture okay. ever in my life. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully I'm a good ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> sure. But, um, well, first off, I mean, Pastor is just really being kind. Um, mm-hmm. I think... I look back on my journey, especially like the process of getting into architecture and going to architecture school. I was always a creative kid. So mm-hmm. Really loved arts, mathematics, sciences. Um, but it was something about buildings that I thought were very interesting. And now that I even think about it, like as an adult, I see architecture as an art form that everyone gets to experience. Meaning, like, you go to the mall, you go to the shopping center, you go to an office building or a bank. You know, some kids don't ever get to go to places like museums or stuff right. like that where you can see, like, visual arts or fine arts. Um, so I actually went to Miami, New Orleans, senior high. Mm-hmm. And I originally went to um, Miami, New Orleans, junior high, which was, like, the, the middle, middle school. school. Yeah. So I was in the art program there. And when I was reviewing my options for high school like okay i want to play sports i don't want to continue to go down this art oh. route so what's the sport you played i played football and i ran track mm-hmm. which i don't really know if it was like the best decision <laughs> no one wasn't a really good school at all still art <laughs> yeah so yeah. um i get there and i'm getting my electives and the first thing i'm like okay i want an art class mm-hmm and I get in art class and the teachers, she's like teaching us like preliminary sketches and stuff, right. but I grew up doing this. And mm-hmm. also I was in our magnet program for Miami Nolan. Mm-hmm. So I already had those techniques down pat. She would come over to me, she's like, hey, you're trained. I guess so, I can do a little something. Yeah. So she actually set up like a little studio for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I allowed, that, that allowed me to really work on my ideas and kind of cultivate like what I thought about design. Right. But really, it wasn't until sophomore year. So I had these two phenomenal teachers that really changed the trajectory of my life, Miss um, Lorea and Miss O'Connor. Right. I actually believe Miss O'Connor may still be at Miami, New Orleans. I'm not really sure. It, it's possible. Yeah. But um, 
what they did is that they actually signed me up for intro to architecture program at the University of Miami. That's awesome. And I got to go there as a kid, Mm -hmm. um, you know, from Miami Gardens that never really stepped foot in Coral Gables, which is a different world. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And got to experience architecture. And when I was thinking about like choosing a degree, I was like, this would, I think this merges like my interest in arts, mathematics, and sciences, and a little bit of engineering mm-hmm. and design all into one. So if a person was pursuing an architecture degree, how, ma- how many years of schooling is that? Um, so you have different tracks. I did a mm-hmm. five-year master's, so I don't have a bachelor's, but Got it. Um, technically they can do a four-year bachelor's degree, uh, but right now there's really being a push to get a master's just mm-hmm. because it helps you specialize. Mm-hmm. So you can go into things like sustainability. You can also right. go into tracks like computational design, um, and really it, what it does is it allows you after you graduate going into the workforce, you get to become a little bit more selective on the type of projects that you work on mm-hmm. because not everyone is building with the same complexity or at right. the same scale. Right. So um, I would say those are the two routes, but I went the master's uh, mm-hmm. route just because um, I thought it would do better for me um, right. than just getting a bachelor's. So. This is just like a me question. Is architecture only buildings or is it is it comprised of other things? Yeah, so that's, you know, there's some people that are like hard hat architecture, like right. diehards. And mm-hmm. I think those people would have maybe a different view than I do. So the second definition of architecture is actually the carefully, um, it's the complex or carefully configuration of something. Right. Right. But the primary definition of architecture that most people know is the construction of buildings. Mm. So the, the truth is, even when you look at the job kind of climate today in the career fields, you can be a data architect, you can be an architect of sciences. And so really the, the definition of an architect is about somebody that's piecing things together. Right. right. Um, but in the traditional sense of architecture, it does have to do with buildings and construction Mm -hmm. and working with engineers and also thinking about design, thinking about user experience. Mm -hmm. So it's one of these interesting fields that allows you to embrace different components of Mm -hmm. how the world works Mm -hmm. versus kind of separate it. So what would be the difference between an architect and an engineer? Or would they be kind of the same, one and the same? Okay, so here are a couple myth busters. Like, (laughs) you know, they think are truth, but it's not. Um, you don't have to be good at math to be an architect. Right. Okay. Especially in this day and age. And that's really, I mean, came about around like 19th century because the engineer and the architect were kind of the same person. Mm-hmm. If you would, if you were going like ancient history and look at somebody like Leonardo da Vinci, right, who was mm-hmm. doing all these incredible works, he also had to engineer it. So there's a kind of rigorous course of mathematics. Nowadays, the architect is really the designer of the space. Mm-hmm. You know, if we were thinking about an orchestra, you can reflect on the architect of being maybe like the the conductor, right? Where you have all these different pieces of working with engineers and working with lighting and working with consultants, and you're all trying to guide them together to this vision that you have versus the engineer thinks about it more from the technical side of it where you know if you're thinking about a structural engineer they're seeing your designs and they're like okay how can this thing stand like what are the loads what are the weights what are the calculations that we need for this thing to actually be safe 
right. people to go into an experience. So now that makes sense to me that you're an architect because you're a creative and it's more about being creative. Yes, it is very much more about being creative. I think there are creative engineers for sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, salute to engineers because you can push creativity only so far. Right. You need an engineer's mind and skill set to actually make what you're trying to create um, into reality. Right. But I would say that um, architects tend to be a little bit more creative. Right. It's not true for all architects, right. but I think when you look at the curriculum, especially from the university base, mm-hmm. I like to describe architecture school as design school mm-hmm. um, because depending on where you go in your curriculum, you can be designing shoes or mm-hmm. furniture or a house or you know, thinking about cities or even getting into game development. So there's right. really a, a wide range of like skill sets and kind of avenues that you can go when you choose architecture versus something like engineering. Okay. So when, so you said you were in art class. So when did you take your art from paper and pen to like digital, right? Because you do digital art as well. Yeah. Um, so I remember I got like one of my like first computers and it was like this big chunky thing. Nowadays, like kids don't even yeah. understand. It's like we've really leveled up from yeah. like battery life and mm-hmm. the size. And uh, it's actually here at Trinity where um, I unfortunately got in a car accident at the time mm-hmm. and I was on bed arrest. And I remember like always like sketching and drawing logos and drawing designs. And so like something came to mind. I was like, oh you know what, it would be really cool to digitize this. Yeah. Like I see like the Target logo, I see the Nike logo <laughs> yeah. and they have it on shirts and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So it was really my curiosity of like graphic design that made me start using like programs like Illustrator and mm-hmm. taking my sketch and then tracing over it. And it's like, oh wow, I can now make this thing like into a digital art piece that I can put on the screen mm-hmm. or I can also get it printed on a shirt or a jacket. So that really opened up my world to like the digital component, how you can do like so many things with it, which is really, really cool. And are the, um, so when you started, was it user-friendly? Like if somebody was watching, I was like, okay, well, I want to get my feet wet. Would they be able to do it? I think nowadays, yes. Yeah. There are a lot of programs yeah. that, like, especially with the big push on UX and UI, mm-hmm. um, user experience, like people have, they, they're, the learning curve has become a lot like shorter, right? You know, where I remember getting into like Illustrator, um, and it was like, wait, what command do I choose? Yeah. To do this line, and you have yeah. so many different options. But I think nowadays there are a lot of like computer programs mm-hmm. that are easier to learn mm-hmm. and also free, which is really awesome when it yeah. comes to like open source and people not having to like spend a whole bunch of money, especially if you're a kid and you want to get into design, mm-hmm. you know, you can have an idea, sketch it and create it. Mm-hmm. And that's the world that we're living in right now, which is really cool. Yeah, it is. And speaking of that, so now we talked about the digital art. So now Pastor Linda says that you use AI with your architecture. How do you do that? Yeah. So um, that's been really fun to yeah. tap into. Um, because I like to view myself like an alternative world as like a computer scientist, you know, <laughs> not necessarily yeah. one, but, um, AI for sure has been this powerful tool for designers and it really comes down to the process of iteration. Mm-hmm. Um, design can be messy, right? Like you have an idea and then you realize that you have hundreds of ideas, yeah. right? And it's this whole process of trying to narrow like what your idea is and then also 
really the the connection and an emotional aspect of design. Mm-hmm. When you're designing for someone, you're thinking about their experience and if you're creating something with a quality that would be appropriate to serve them for whatever their needs are. Mm-hmm. Versus art is more or less like kind of an expression. Right. And architecture is this balance of the two. And so how I've been really using AI is to kind of investigate my process. So mm-hmm. instead of me having to hand sketch, you know, hundreds of layouts or buildings as far as a conceptual space or even things when it comes to like facade systems, mm-hmm. like the face of a building, how you can do these um, different like tectonic expressions uh, through materials mm-hmm. or glass. I can literally use something like Midjourney mm-hmm. to type in a prompt and get really like a lot of my ideas through AI um, in a much faster way. Right instead of me having to manually do them. So, and do you think that's like the future of architecture? Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. I think, I think it's the future of architecture from the standpoint of iteration, again, mm-hmm. like being able to shorten that process. I also think it's the future when it comes to outside world understanding architecture. Yeah. I think there's a big disconnect on like what an architect actually does and like mm-hmm. what is the process to become an architect. And I think, you know, people have always gone on like Pinterest where they watch like HDTV and they're like, oh, I really love this home or I really love, you know, this building or I love this space. But they kind of feel incompetent when it comes to their skill sets to create mm-hmm. something. I think with AI, it's going to bring a lot of like democracy to design. Mm-hmm. So allowing more people to get their visions out there that doesn't necessarily have the education or the skills. Right. Um, and I also think it'll change the way that the architecture industry like handles talent and people Um, because I think it's like in the architecture industry, people can sometimes feel like they're disposable from the standpoint of like, there's so much hours that it takes to build a building, Mm -hmm. right? Like I think you compare tech, the tech industry, you look at fields where people are trying to automate things Mm -hmm. and a lot of things in architecture still aren't automated that can be, Mm -hmm. especially when you're processing all this like information and data. So I think when it comes to the, the iteration process, also dealing with data and um, the skill set from people, I think for sure architecture is going to be changed by AI. Right. And so Pastelend is really big on like um, advising the people on like there's there's so much more than what you think about in engineering. You know, she's really big on that. And so for people watching, because for me, I don't, know much about architecture or even an architect as, as I told you so how would you not pitch what you do but how would you um, express somebody's interest further into pursuing that yeah so like think, if you're talking to a student I'm sorry if I cut you off yeah no for sure um, if I'm talking to a student um, first off I'm trying to find out what are the things that they're actually mm-hmm. interested in because I think if you are a person that interested in building buildings, mm-hmm. I want to understand, well, first off, when it comes to building buildings, there are different programs. So mm-hmm. programs really just refer to the function of a space. Right. So technically you have buildings that, for instance, renovation projects, so you can take like an old house and you can maybe turn it into an office space, or you can take an old church and turn it into a theater. So trying to find out like from the program standpoint, mm-hmm. what are they fascinated in? Because when it comes to the program of the building, it usually has to deal with the scale as well. And that affects like the complexity. Mm-hmm. So to build like, let's say a museum, right? 
that's really, really complex. And it's also a public space. It's public mm -hmm. domain. So that process and the length of time that it takes to construct that building is very different from doing like a residential project. Right. Right. Which sometimes, unfortunately, like we look at America and you can think about suburbia where yeah. residential isn't necessarily always creative. Right. Unless yeah. you're doing like, suburbs. Not at all. Yeah. Unless you're doing like <laughs> Not at all. the million dollar home yeah. that you see on Instagram. But it's like, you know, the average person can't really afford that. I think you have interesting things like sustainability being pushed more in architecture, also affordable awesome. housing. So mm -hmm. I would find that out. And then from there, I would explain to the student the difference between something being architecture versus architectural. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, what does that mean? So like when you think about architecture, you can think about structures that humans inhabit, right? So buildings that we go into. But when you refer to something being architectural, you're thinking about form right. and style and an expression. Mm -hmm. So for instance, I can design a shoe to be architectural, mm -hmm. right? And it's reference of its form and right. maybe some of the tectonics and the feel of it. I can even use like an architectural movement or, a, you know, a period of time, let's say like the brutalist movement in architecture, use that to inspire a clothing line versus architecture really being the the process of constructing and building a space right because if a student is interested in like things being more architectural well they may not necessarily work for a firm right, right. they may work for mm -hmm. apple or they may work for that design mm -hmm. um or they may do fashion yeah um you know virgil abloh is a huge kind of inspiration of mine and mm -hmm. a big figure that he was a gentleman that got his master's degree in architecture, but became the first black male to be the head of a major fashion yeah. house, that being Louis Vuitton. Yeah. So a lot of different um, options and opportunities for students. Yeah. And I would just try to break them down. Yeah. Because I think when you say, oh, you can be in fashion or you can design homes, or you, I think that kind of opens people's curiosity more because sometimes when you say architect, it's like, yeah, I have to work like on these blueprints yeah, of yeah. like a building. So yeah, I feel like that... Uh, you made it more simple and easier to understand that it's broader than what we feel like it is. And also, speaking of Virgil Abloh, aren't you trying to pursue fashion? Is what I heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, my oldest sister, she uh, <laughs> is a fashion designer by uh, trade. That's what she was trained in. Very and, talented. Yes, very, very talented. I remember growing up around her um, and seeing like sketches and fabrics and garments, and she was designing um my other sister's prom dress I was like oh this is really cool yeah but she still does do that and she still does it's yeah and it's really yeah. really cool stuff that she's able to do yeah. um and so for me again the thing is with architecture in the professional sense of like firms mm -hmm. you're really just constructing buildings mm -hmm. and with my art background and my interest in you know design as a whole I didn't necessarily feel like I was tapping into my full capabilities. Yeah. And when I look at like the fashion industry, I think they've done a lot a better job when it comes to innovation. Mm -hmm. So the fashion industry have taken on NFTs, yeah. taken on things like blockchain, taking on like VR and AR. Mm -hmm. um, and they've also been pulling from these different design disciplines, that being architecture. Mm -hmm. So you think about like a fashion show and the set design that goes into it and the lighting design. Mm -hmm. And then you think about like the lookbooks for the launch of a campaign. Mm -hmm. 
um, and just this curiosity of form, right? Mm -hmm. There's a difference between designing a form that's going to be constructed with steel and concrete and aluminum and glass versus designing something that's going to be, you know, constructed with cotton yeah. that you're going to wear that, mm -hmm. you know, you're actually going to embrace. Mm -hmm. um, if I look at fashion and clothing really as a tool of identity. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And so I'm fascinated right now with like this exploration of perception, mm. how we perceive the world and how things like fashion and architecture and art um, help us navigate our identities in this life experience. Right. And so you are a professor. So is that kind of like your mantra, like when you're teaching? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I actually to my students, um, I have this thing where it's like, you know, EOC, which is exploration of convergence, and then EOP, exploration of perception, mm -hmm. and then EOI, which is exploration of imagination. Mm -hmm. So really just to explore and to see how you can take your experiences, how you view the world, and put it out into the world, because I think we need that. Yeah. That's awesome. And so why did, why did you become a professor? Um, so when I was relocating to North Carolina, mm -hmm. Actually, like funny story. So I took a road trip, like by myself, um, to drive up to North Carolina to camp. Now, mind you, being a city kid from Miami, like camping, you don't know what that is. Like tent camping. Yes, like tent camping, like fire, s'mores. In there, um, yeah. Yeah, but I never did that. So you know, I'm in my twenties and graduated architecture school. I was working at a couple of yeah. firms. And I'm like, man, you know what? This would be a really, really cool adventure. And by the way, I mean, like. I've never really seen mountains. The only mountains that I know of in Miami are like speed bumps, right? Like Yeah, we don't have any. Yeah. We don't have anything. Like yeah. that's the elevation change, like going over a speed bump. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so while I was there, I remember actually going to the Hunt Library, mm -hmm. um, which is at North Carolina State University. Mm -hmm. It's like this spaceship that landed. Like the building is so crazy. Yeah. I remember walking to it and I was like, wow mm -hmm. this is amazing like mm -hmm. this is the power of architecture this is also the power of universities yeah you know to be a place of imagination and exploration and inspiration mm -hmm. and um so you know really began to have conversations with the college of design because north carolina state uh university has a college of design which is really really cool mm -hmm. because within the triangle area which is raleigh chapel hill and durham it's mm -hmm. called the research triangle NC State, it's the only university with the College of Design. And so began having conversations with the gentleman named Derek Ham, who's mm -hmm. the head of the Mad Tech Department. So Media Arts, Design and Technology. He's an incredible mentor and um friend of mine, in which saw my architecture portfolio, was very interested in how I saw the world and the things that I was doing. Um, yeah, and I went ahead and sent the application to go ahead and teach and Mad Tech department and um yeah, I've been there now, I've taught a couple courses, just finished yeah. up uh the summer camp that we have mm -hmm. uh for the College of Design yeah. to get high schoolers and middle schoolers exposed to the different disciplines in design. That's awesome. Is it my question as in a aspiring teacher, is it intimidating because you're kind of young, like teaching college? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of them are older than me, actually. It's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine how intimidating that is. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for this riveting conversation. And how we like to end our podcast is with the word of the day. And so our quote of the day, I remember us talking. So what do you have for us, Cameron? Yeah. Um, I think the word that comes to mind is legacy. Mm -hmm. 
And I think the reason why I chose that word is because it's really important as a young person to think about your future and what yeah. you're trying to leave behind on this planet. Of course, like when you're young, you don't think about, oh, like I'm not going to be here one day. But yeah. I think, you know, look at your iPhone, look at your MacBook, like look at the car that you drive. Someone created that yeah. and that's their legacy. I think we all have the capabilities to put meaningful things into the world that will last way longer than we do. Yeah, that's awesome. I agree. So build a legacy. Yeah. What you're telling them, build sure. that legacy. Well, thank you so much for joining us all the way from North Carolina. We truly appreciate it. I know Pastor Linda does. She's yeah. Like, we need Cameron. We need Cameron. No, thank you for having me. This is great for sure. You guys are doing an incredible job. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Steam for our podcast. As always, there's two sponsors that we like to thank, and that's Trinity Church and the Children's Trust. And don't forget, there are three ways in which you can watch or listen to this podcast. If you like to watch, just follow us on YouTube. If you'd like to listen, just follow us on Apple or Spotify. And remember, this is the Steam Forward Podcast. See you next week. Steam Forward Podcast.